Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today's big idea is that everyone should have a mentor in how to find your next one. My guest is Gary Anzalone. Gary is a partner at Razor Consulting, a fractional business development company. He also founded the International Business Development Professionals to build a community of business development leaders who share best practices and strategies. We discussed the characteristics of successful mentoring experiences, how to ask someone to be your mentor, how to create an agenda for mentoring meetings, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Gary. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you making the time. Nice to, nice to be here, Mark. Thank you. And I love in our last conversation, the recurring theme was the importance of mentoring in your life. Why is mentoring important for you? I mean, how did you figure it out? Some people say I, I stumbled across it in college. Some people say since childhood. What's the story there? Well, as uh, as someone very young, I never had a mentor. I knew that they existed. Uh, when I got older and I was in my business, I actually heard about mentoring programs and I sought out several because I, I did want to share uh, my my life experiences. And I wanted to give a leg up to those who would maybe like me when I was young, who didn't have anyone. So I think uh, when you have a mentor or you are a mentor, you are able to get the most out of a, a really fulfilled life because you have someone to talk to about your uh, hopes and dreams and your plans and get objectivity um, or you get feedback from someone that is also, you know, objective and, and has no ulterior motives other than to help. And you don't get that from a close friend or family member. You get that from someone that is not necessarily attached. And so as a result, I've had friends tell me, would you mind talking to my kids? Uh, because they need someone to give them that perspective or that objectivity and I'm too close to them or they would never talk to me about certain things um, because they perceive that there might not there might be support but the feedback might not be taken the same way and with the objectivity another thing we had spoken about is with mentoring situations people should feel challenged and supported not just a rah-rah session but challenge is part of it can you speak to that sure um we we don't grow as individuals by being in our comfort zone. We don't grow in any venture by people telling us, this is a brilliant idea. This is amazing. You're great. Um, we don't grow through that. It's nice to hear. It's supportive. But the real growth happens when you're challenged. Okay, you have this great idea. What happens if this happens? Or what happens when uh, no one buys it? Or what happens if uh, something goes wrong? So you're, if you're challenging people, they're going to have to make themselves better at it. And if you have to make yourself better at it, you're growing. And mm -hmm. that, is, that is kind of the way that uh, challenging works. If you're, if you're very comfortable, I can tell you probably have stopped growing. If you are putting yourself in your outside of your comfort zone, you are someone that is dedicated to growing. 
I'm not saying you want to run out and it's uh, raining and run out with just a t-shirt on and, and get cold and, and uncomfortable. I'm talking about uncomfortable from, I, I don't like public speaking. Well, that's an example. I, at, in my early in my business, I didn't, I couldn't tolerate it. I couldn't do any kind of public speaking. And I worked for a few months on learning why I did that and what the best way around that was. And it helped me. And I knew that by being uncomfortable and getting up in front of five people or 50 people or at one point 500 people, that it doesn't really change. You're, you are who you are and you have to be comfortable with that. And I, I can't answer what makes people uncomfortable in public speaking, but I can tell you that through the process of making myself uncomfortable and getting in front of people, I was able to get better. And it wouldn't have happened if I was just staying on the sidelines. I had to jump out into the front and in the middle and do what I needed to do to, to grow my business. So I was motivated by supporting my family and growing a business. And mm -hmm. that created for me uh, that lesson that being uncomfortable gets you to the next level. How do you get people? It sounds like you kind of figured it out on your own, unless you had someone in your corner helping you with public speaking. How do you, I'm trying to think how to ask this, safely get someone to feel uncomfortable so they don't get depressed about something, but they're uncomfortable, but they do what you just said you did with public speaking. How do you um, cautiously do that to get someone to be uncomfortable, but not put their mental health at risk? Sure. And and we we touched on this uh, earlier today with a with the beginning conversation was um, finding the right questions and what a question like that could be uh, as direct as what makes you uncomfortable or what do you what do you see in yourself that you would like to improve? So if someone says I want to uh, be able to talk in front of people or I'm, a, I'm that that's something that holds me back. Um, certainly that is a direct way to that. Asking those questions to find out what people want to really work on in themselves is the fastest way because they'll they'll know what their weaknesses are. And as you're talking and you're developing this relationship, because a mentoring relationship is early on, you understand that you're there both for a reason. Um, and that reason is to help is to get help, give help. Um, so it's it's built on the presumption of trust, but that doesn't happen instantly. You you kind of have to let it grow and um, organically and become mm -hmm. a friendship. And so if you know you and I met a short while ago, we are very like minded. Uh, we might even like the same hobbies or like the same sports or the whatever the music. And we won't really connect unless it happens over time. So with any relationship, time is a big factor. You have to build history into it. If if the difference is you saw a person once or twice or three times or a dozen times, that's very different than a childhood friend that you've known since second grade and you have, they know who you are. So when you're building relationships, you do have to understand that the sharing of ideas, the sharing of, of um, 
you know, problems and solutions that all happens over time. And that just builds. I've, I've people that I've mentored and I have literally seen them, uh, graduate high school and, um, get jobs, get married, have kids, uh, buy a house. So, um, that sort of thing can happen. Sometimes, you know, you, you end that relationship and it stops right there. Other times it keeps going. And it, it depends on the personality, uh, depends on the people. I'm certainly always open to it because I, like I say, I, once you're in my, um, in my list of contacts, you pretty much stayed there unless you don't want to be there. How much time does it usually take to formulate a good mentoring relationship beyond just the one-time call? Or is there a certain time frame? I think that will change with people. Some are more comfortable. Uh, I think a lot of younger people don't have an expectation and don't know what they're going to get. Um, many young people that their parents have even asked me to, would you speak to my kid? Would you talk to them about college? Would you talk to them about their job or, or what they could possibly do? Um, some of them, once they get to a certain level, they kind of move on and they got their little tidbit. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll find, they'll come back or they may just want, um, they may just want what you can tell them at that period of their time mm -hmm. where that when they get older, they, they want to, they want to talk to someone else or they want something else. Um, so it's, there are different formal mentoring programs. They usually have a start and a stop date. Uh, I would say I've seen them for six months. I've seen them for a year. And um, if it's a school year, then, you know, maybe it's nine months or 10 months. Um, it's a, you know, a semester or two semesters. So it all, it, it really depends on the, um, the engagement. Mm -hmm. They say, you know, if you're going to be able to dedicate uh, one hour a week, or maybe it's three hours a month, there's different formats. And some of them, they're driven by, unfortunately, they're driven by the mentor. So the mentor is asking the questions. The mentor is trying to elicit and draw out what this person is about. But in more advanced uh, relationships, the mentee actually has a bit of an agenda. And you know, I, I'm thinking just now as as someone that I was at a gala, and this was a woman with several degrees, and we were having a great conversation. And she says, so how do I get someone like you to be my mentor? And my response was, well, you just asked me, didn't you? So if if, if you have an agenda, and you want that perspective from someone else, that's different than a school or a parent saying you need a mentor, you should try and talk to someone that can help you. So um, people come at it with different goals and different motivation and different points in their life. So probably is no one answer that would say that the amount of time it takes. Well, that makes sense. When you say someone has an agenda, what do you mean by that? What does an agenda look like going into a mentoring situation? Sure. So if I was, um, if I was a kid back in the day, if I was in high school, I would say to a mentor, you know, I really have no idea what I want to do. 
Uh, well, what's your passion? Well, you know what? I really don't have a passion. I know some of my friends are passionate about math or about, you know, they want to be doctors or they want to be lawyers or, or engineers or something. I don't have any focus and I really don't know how to find one. And so I'll just, you know, I, I, I go to college and I, I go through a lot of different electives before I find something. But if I was coached or I was mentored into that, um, I might be perhaps, uh, not that I'm asking someone to decide for me, but someone to help me explore what I'm good at and what that might mean. So if I'm, you know, if I'm good with people, that might mean I'm good for certain things. And, and I'm not good with numbers. So stay away from some technical fields. And I know you, you touched on what well, we touched on asking someone to be your mentor. And one thing that I'll hear a lot, especially with undergraduate college students or newer startups is I don't have anything to give them. I'm, they're almost afraid to ask someone to be their mentor. And I think that's a faux pas, but could you speak to that of why you should be able to ask someone to be your mentor? Because some people think it's putting them out, but you and I talked about it a little bit. It's really not putting them out at all. So if you think you have this notion that you want to have a mentor, the best compliment you can give someone is to say, would you be my mentor? That means that they think enough of you, view you in a, in a very favorable light, and you're, you're actually making a compliment to that person. I'd like to understand your way of doing things because you carry yourself professionally. You, you're happy. Um, and, and even if I'm mentoring someone that is uh, an engineer or a doctor or whatever walk of life it is, um, there's basic things that people just don't connect with. They don't know how, how, you know, the most happy people in the world, they're happy because they are grateful. You can't be really happy unless you have gr gratitude. And if you don't have that quality, you're going to be pretty negative and you're going to be reactive and you may have, uh, you, you may not own what you do. So it comes down to even basics where you have to own your own life and the decisions you make are something you live with and you don't have to live with anything forever unless you break the law and you're in jail and you're living with that. But by and large, you can make a decision and change careers at any age. You can make a decision and change your life in many ways. So um, I don't know if that answered your question. Well, when you say change your life, it sounds like that's a that's a green light or a signal to should be to yourself to go find a mentor. Would that be correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Think think of uh, the people that were the most influential in your life in making your decisions on, on where you were going to live or where you're going to be or how you're going to make a living. Um, it might have been. 100% from you, but you are always influenced. You know, at one point, we're young, we are under the influence of, of media of movies of, of friends and family. Actually, the, the, the friends are probably the most influential body around a young person. Because if you are, if you're with a bunch of friends that are driven, 
you tend to be driven and you go with them. And if you're with a bunch of friends that are not and are not college bound or not um, not engaged in good activities, you're probably going to be dragged down with them. So you're, you know, it goes back to you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So if one of them is is a mentor, that that's a positive. But I, I just to reiterate your point about never being shy about finding the person that you think would be a good mentor for you and asking, because uh, if you don't ask, you will not get people are <laughs> not going to knock on your door. It's a it's an old sales adage. Don't ask, don't get. And it's very true. You have to ask. And if they say no, they're still going to be flattered that you asked, even if they don't have the time. And maybe they would say, I don't have the time now. Maybe I'll have time in a year. Or maybe a friend of mine would be very good for, for you because I'm already mentoring uh, one or two people. So I, I think if you ask, it's not a bad thing. It's a it's it's good for the person at getting the question and it builds your character in in saying look i need help and i think you're a good person to help me so after you ask and get a yes what is that first meeting what <clears throat> let me rephrase this what should that first meeting look like first meeting um from a mentee point of view should be these are the things that I really would like to understand. These are the things that I struggle with. Um, you know, I don't have any work-life balance, or I need uh, more time with my family, or I don't make enough money, or I don't have uh, what whatever the thing is that that you know people might concern themselves with in their in in their uh, lives. So, I think a self-assessment is in order so that you can start communicating and opening up to that the mentor and and set lay out what you are looking for in this relationship so it sounds like going into it you need a clear objective not just oh i'm going to ask him about his life story yes you i i think i think an introduction is a very good thing about for both sides mentor and mentee but in really going into uh, that relationship beyond the introduction, you know, how I got my started, what school I went to, where I studied, who influenced me, who, what books I read, et cetera. Um, I think once you share that basic information and you have a connection, now it's time to get to work. And the work is going to be from the mentee and their growth. And they can't grow by sitting back and waiting for the mentor to say, all right, do this, this, and this, and you'll be successful. I think that's a discovery and it's never that easy and it takes time. You can hear, you can hear the same thing five, six times before it starts to sink in. And so that's part of the mentor's um, approach is to ask the questions that are important and bring out really the answers that 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 individual would know because the mentor really doesn't know the mentor has mm -hmm. the objectivity has the experience and can see things 
that you can't see yourself. We've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. If someone's listening, what would you tell them if there's one reason, top of top of mind, that you should create mentoring experiences, whether it's something we covered you want to reiterate or it's something we haven't touched on yet? If you were to make one plea for find a mentor, what would you tell people that reason is? I would say that the person that you can be, the best person you can be, will be realized by having a mentor or being a mentor. And if you haven't been in either of those seats, you're not going to reach the potential. Chances are you're not going to reach the potential and in a meaningful way because people that are helping each other get to a higher level on both sides. You, you are helping someone. You yourself are getting better at what you do and you're getting perspective. And the person on the receiving end equally gets there faster, gets there better, and has more connections. Um, sometimes in a mentoring situation, you might find, well, you know, this person's going to help me find a job. That's not really the reason to have a mentor. Um, it's it's much deeper than that. You know, you can connect with different people and network and find out where their jobs and ask favors and put me on the top of the list. But that's not mentoring. So, but I do realize that that is a lot of what happens. That people look for that. Um, if you're really going to do the work, you're going to get a little uncomfortable about it, and you're going to come out of it very strong. Thank you for your time. This has been excellent. I appreciate it, Gary. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mark. Thank you very much for for uh, the interview. And if people want to find you online, where's the best place to go? Um, that would be. One of two places that would be my my consulting business, uh, razorconsultinginc.com, or an organization that I started to help exactly what I was talking about, to help people specifically in business development, and that's ibdpros.org. It's the International Business Development Professionals. Excellent. Thank you again. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.